it's like a typical masala movie if i will say but it touches all your senses ki uh, drama bhi hai suspense bhi hai uh love bhi hai all the learnings that 2021 gave me actually i actually learned how much you required to change the narrative the way people speak with themselves you know because we are, we are not given tools it is not that you don't want to grow we are not given tools we believe okay if i think like this, this is who i am and i'm going to be like that but that's not true there are so many little hacks that you can just apply and suddenly you won't have the same problem that you had for your entire life calm is a superpower you know that's one thing i learned this year Thank you so much for joining me one more time in India's first graphology-based podcast show called Absolutely Right with Aditi Surana. Today, I have the pleasure, the the excitement. I cannot tell you how interesting it is to end our year, the last episode with uh, our listeners, our special guest, are our listeners today. And as I have spoken about this so many times, without your involvement, your feedback, your constant conversation with me, I don't think we would have sustained this journey. unlike other podcasts this is a podcast based on a very specific topic so our challenges were much higher we had to reinvent ourselves over and over again and as we are reaching now almost the end of season 2 this is a privilege so thank you thank you thank you everybody for being part of this we have three wonderful listeners with us and without further ado i'm going to ask them to introduce themselves hello guys welcome to absolutely right hello hi hi aditi Uh, I'm Rachna Shah. I'm a graphic designer and an artist. An artist, actually, this year, thanks to the work I've been doing with Aditi. And I am the mum of a 21-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old son. And uh, I'm Bombay-based. And uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, hi, Aditi. Uh, I'm Kunal Damle. I'm 44. I live in Bahrain. I've lived in the Middle East for over 15 years, and I'm a stockbroker. uh married two children uh one entering 13 a boy and girl turning 9 shortly uh tough tough time i had at home as well <laughs> along with the work so thank you <laughs> hi i'm arshdi i'm an hr professional uh, i live in gurgaon and a mother of two a 9 year old and a 12 year old daughter thank you so much so today's conversation is about your best learnings from 2021 after 2020 we thought now the worst is over and now we can relax and chill but obviously that didn't happen in 2021 so the year came up with its own challenges and we are all waiting for the new year to be way better than last two years but i would love to discuss what did you learn how was your journey with yourself with your work with your life and as all of you have two kids each probably how your journey was with your kids and you know how tough parenting was so all this we will be discussing uh so let's begin let's jump into the conversation i have your handwriting samples with me we asked you to write on a blank unruled sheet of paper a paragraph that you wrote spontaneously so we're just going to look at that and talk about the behaviors but before we get there please tell me what was your best learning from 2021 so my best takeaway from this year is really that uh, like unle- like the same thing the same problem the same triggers just keep hitting at you unless you really get down and deal with it and you know that's just happened to me in you know relationship space whether it's coming from an employer or a you know a partner the same issues just keep coming until i sort of sat down and really worked through that process that and i think i think and i hope 
but I'm finally reaching a sort of conclusion and you know learning how to deal with um, that situation so that really has been a huge learning uh, for me this year it's really been massive nice uh, for me um uh, i mean i've always been a big planner i love planning stuff i like everything to be on time everything to be perfect etc cetera, etc cetera. but the big learning for 2021 for me is there's no point planning anything <laughs> so let <laughs> let things flow by let things come as they are and uh, i think it's best just to accept them and move along uh, because if you don't uh, you get all stressed out for no reason so my line for this year has been it is what it is you accept it and just move on <laughs> nice so, yeah the, good reminder oh my line. god we're going to check your lower case letter m kunal to just check the okay. perfectionism <laughs> okay okay i think my learning has been for this year is that i need to go more by what my gut says okay i have been somebody who's always played it safe you know uh, taken up things what feels right what is more logical though i might might feel that you know i think this is not what i'm enjoying or this is what i'll enjoy more but i still end up going by the safe uh, route so we were talking about uh, your journey with absolutely right and uh, all of you have been listening to the podcast and i keep receiving messages from you so i know how much involved you are with it so what has been your journey like what were your favorite takeaways or episodes i'm curious I actually got introduced to you by I didn't by chance when I heard you uh, do a podcast with my sister and it was kind of hysterical how that unfolded and I actually learned a lot about her which is quite funny and um, since then I was part of your journey but the one podcast that really stood out um, just it still stick uh, is in my memory is the one you did with the badminton player. Um, and it was just you know it just was breathtaking it was just brilliant you know just listening to her just such clarity and you know such excellence and that line of hers where she says it doesn't get it doesn't get, yeah, your, it doesn't get easier, easier you get better you, you only get better and i mean that's just this brilliant i mean that just applies just discovers everything really and it's oh just so beautiful and, and i remember there was one aspect when i think in her final match or some big match she was playing and she had a blister or some injury on her on her foot and you know she was like how am I going to play how am I going to play this match and I think she said she just basically meditated it away Out. and it just shows the power of you know mind over body it is just it's stunning that whole goosebumps right now as you're talking about really it. Goosebumps. phenomenal goosebumps phenomenal yeah yeah really fantastic I also felt that that one episode had all of us emotionally so invested because it one it was sports and the way she spoke was so genuine so authentic and so yeah. simple it was not no jargons nothing so i think no, that was nothing. also wonderful so i actually got introduced to your podcast uh, where you were interviewed by someone else i think habits okay. habit coach or habit someone, coach ashden uh, doctor yeah, yeah. ashden doctor a few you know on ivm a few years back i think a year and a half back and then of course this whole pandemic began and uh, you know your uh, stroke uh, initiative was uh, began and it was was fantastic because it was a very tense and uh, very uh, time of full of full of anxiety for everybody uh, so that kind of helped out a lot uh, i also went through some uh, personal setbacks last year so that helped 
and uh, later this year for me all your uh, graphology series the 10 episodes bite size crisp to the point uh but whole lot of message you know it's uh, so i i really love those i actually didn't know about graphology till i uh, you know read about you so it's just a very interesting whole uh, area of study for me uh, recently Uh, so the M episode about decisions was an episode. Oh, I really the or decision so, making yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was only two minutes, but it was very, very, very interesting. Uh, it's made me look at my M very often because I still like re- writing a lot. So I write tons of stuff, uh, journaling, etc. So we actually uh, say that you know, uh, if you learn graphology, you can look at your own handwriting and know what's happening. So you're not supposed to do it immediately. You write and I'm sure twenty four hours, and then you look at it because you become little objective. But it is Correct. phenomenal the things that you learn about yourself instead of other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, so talking about a favorite episode, so I think it's really very difficult to say <laughs> that because for me, uh, the time that I listen to the podcast is either when I'm uh, on my way to work and I have like you know one hour of time, and that's when I start my day with, or I'm down uh, taking a walk in the morning, and every episode has some takeaway. Yeah, like when you asked and everybody was sharing, Rachna and Kunal were sharing, and I'm like, okay, which one is my favorite? Because it also depends on what you're going through, uh, you know, the phase of life that you're in, and one or two takeaways will always be there. So very difficult to pinpoint which is like you know the favorite episode because there are some takeaways from every episode But at I the must... cognitive level. You know, when you're talking about work, yeah. And at the emotional level, at the philosophical level, I think it touches. It's like a typical masala movie, if I will say, <laughs> but it touches all your senses. The uh, drama, be hai, suspense, be hai, uh, love, be hai. So it's like a complete thing. I'm sorry, I skipped it completely, but it touches all the uh, senses. Did he just compare the podcast with a Bollywood movie? I am like, <laughs> that's a compliment, especially with your Absolutely. you know passion and obsession with Bollywood. I think it is absolutely uh, a compliment. Also, I must tell our listeners that twice our episodes were not uploaded at seven a.m. on Wednesday, and I received a message from Arshi saying that uh, I'm waiting for the episode. Are, are you releasing it right now? I'm like so sorry. Today's episode is delayed, but yeah, thank you, thank you. I think that keeps us on our toes. Sometimes I also tell the team that oh, we have to do it at seven a.m. because I know a few people personally who listen to it. So <laughs> over to your handwriting. When I look at your handwriting, the first thing that stands out for me. and it is slightly difficult because i i have been working with you in the high performance yeah. coaching modules and i'm also you know in the apt which is our so for me being completely objective and and look at it neutrally is slightly difficult however one of the things that when you write your lowercase letter y it comes down the the vertical line comes down and it moves to the left side and it remains there the bottom part of your letter y comes down vertically moves to the left side and remains there now what does it mean it means people whomever writes like this are stuck attached to and constantly reliving certain very very strong memories of their past goodness <laughs> oh dear <laughs> and those memories are so powerful that when you relive them 
you actually experience the same emotional and physical response to it with or without your knowledge and the as arshi was saying you know the masala movie like has all the elements our imagination can also become like a real masala movie and things that are bothering us or things that we were absolutely excited about are exaggerated they start looking and appearing bigger larger more intense than what they were and obviously we have our stories that we bring to the conversation so it becomes the reality the truth in a way and your version of the truth and as you keep doing it after some time there is no difference between what happened and what you imagined it to be that deep <laughs> very deep so professionally and work space wise i feel a lot of i would not use the word improvement but enhancement that i see yeah. and also that you have taken lots of steps towards so tell us what all have you shifted how have you walked into the discomfort that you had not done before so my whole degree in formal training was graphic design like 1994 and since then i've always wanted to paint to hold a brush and i've never had the courage to do that it's just one of those blocks that i just got more and more solidified and uh, this year in my work with you it's just that's just crumbled away and it's now almost like when can i go to my you know my to my paints my brushes whatever i took classes and i just feel like you know that sort of that i'm on my way i don't know where i'm going but i'm sort of that's like a, a lovely you know a journey and it's sort of uh, it's just an happy unknown kind of uh, space right now and if you are an artist then you would absolutely be aware of it that for an artist to express something through an unknown or uncomfortable medium is is a new learning curve and it is not it's something that only for an artist yeah. you can also do this it doesn't work like that this is it requires yeah. that kind of courage to to step into that space yeah but it's a courage in a, a sort of space that i don't mind sort of faltering and you know you know if something doesn't come out right then you just do something differently and the there's a lot of there's a lot of heart in that courage i have been part of the journey and i know how beautiful that has been and how many barriers you went beyond and how committed you have been to work on yourself and that's that's beautiful rachna yeah it is good on so for me uh, like arshi mentioned you know i've always played it safe uh, followed the conventional path uh, you know do a degree get a masters get a job get married have children have a lead a stable life not we are left or right you know stay on the highway at 100 degree, at 100 speed for example uh, sometimes that pressure builds up that you know have i missed out on taking that those chances that i should have in the past i don't know whether it shows up in my handwriting whether i play it safe that's just something maybe if it shows up in the decision making i am not sure that's why maybe that episode really resonated uh, with me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh, you know making decisions has is is very difficult for me especially professionally it's interesting you know we look at risk taking abilities in anyone's handwriting by looking at the right side margins on the page i would say when i look at your writing risk taking though you might not feel it like that has not been your problem throughout 
I would say when you are a youngster, when, you know, till your age of 20, 24, you absolutely took multiple risks. And, you know, you were known for being the person who would walk into the unknown and be very comfortable with it until uh, you took something, some risk that backfired. And that was a jolt. And I would say that was around 26, 27. And that absolutely shifted the way you looked at things. And uh, you said, okay, that is really scary. And I shouldn't be doing this. So you paused, you reevaluated your life and you still decided to take one more risk, probably by 30, 32. And that was extremely difficult. But again, you felt the equal amount of fear, that, that um, discomfort with it. And then the whole safe part opened up. So I would not say that you are a safe wow. person. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yes, you're right. And especially last, uh, I'd say, eight or 10 years, uh, when that risk didn't pay off, it's uh, made me even more conservative in everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a tough... So risk-taking uh, is not your unnatural behavior. I would say it's rather natural. And it takes a lot of efforts for you to not take risk and play safe. So it's almost like someone who knows that they can run and they're not allowed to run. And now you are put into a cage. So it requires that external efforts and reinforcement and constant self-criticism to stay like this. So every time you want to jump in and do something that is natural to you, risk-wise, you stop yourself saying, that, no, 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 I cannot, I shouldn't, I must not. And that I think is more unnatural if I look at your right mm. Interesting. No, you're bang on, actually, to be honest, uh, pretty much. Uh, and I'm in the stock market, so risk is our game. <laughs> so Exactly. Uh, and I think that's the part you enjoy about the business. Yes. And that's the absolutely. part like that walking into unknown and, you know, going through that that good stress, you know, how, how you have like bad stress and good stress. You enjoy riding that wave you're like a surfer. You love yeah. when the wave or tide is bigger and, and taller. You want to jump on it and you really, really enjoy that. So, oh, yeah, maybe. And yeah, yeah, thanks. I remember I don't have words right now, but yes, I, I get uh, what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> Thank you. And going against our natures is extremely difficult. And I want to quote Carl Jung here, I, you know, the father of modern analytical psychology. He says, the biggest thing that we can do for ourselves is be the complete, all possible version of ourselves. Because if we don't do that, nobody can help us. And that okay. nothing then becomes more interesting. So I understand taking risk in your business might have its own, you know, challenges. But being able to train yourself in that direction, having ways in which learning how other people do it and how they manage and what are the other mechanisms that they use could be a better journey than constantly telling yourself that you shouldn't, you must not, because that's not. So essentially, one shouldn't go against one's intrinsic nature. <laughs> exactly. Intrinsic is the perfect word. Absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you. That was a good one. It's the other way around today. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. So, uh, what I want to ask, uh, actually, I'll just give a little background. So, I uh, started my career with restaurant operations, moved into sales, 
uh, then found my love of uh, facilitation, learning and development. So spent quite a bit of time there. Then, uh, you know, last two years, one and a half years, I went, I went uh, from a corporate life to being an independent consultant. Okay, so, um, and then I got into another uh, aspect of HR, which was not my forte, which I'd never done. So what I want to ask is there been people who deep dive and, you know, they know that this is what they want to do all their life. But I've tried so many things and I've kind of enjoyed all of them. It's not that anything was boring. So there are times at this stage, you know, I'm of course, I'm 42 years. And I'm like, what is it that one thing that I want to uh, continue doing? You know, if it's one particular field or I'm okay to, and I enjoyed all of them. It's not that there, any, any one of them was like a compromise. So I, I just asked myself, what is it that I really want to do for next 10 years, 15 years? Didn't you also say that you are a safe player? <laughs> <laughs> How? Yep, I did. What part of this equation is safe? And when you said that, because I must tell you, uh, Arshi has known me for almost 18 years now. And she has seen me grow and make all my mistakes. And I have seen her grow and, and make all those career moves. And it's interesting to look at your understanding of you. Because if you consider yourself as a safe player, though it is not aggressive as people around you, and it happens to us, right? Because people around us are more assertive, aggressive, more analytical. We start comparing ourselves and label us that, oh, I'm not as good as them or I'm not as aggressive as them. So I must be opposite of that, which may or may not be true. What is the risk for a butterfly might not be the same risk for a frog. So your ability to take risk has nothing to do with how much risk you take. It's about what is your capacity and are you uh, on the edge of your own capacity or not. And all the learnings that you have spoken about and all those you know, decisions career-wise that you took were risk-based. You absolutely went against your comfort zone and like Kunal, I must tell you that your right margin of the writing is also not safe. It is risk-taking margins. Thereby, if you think that you have not been taking risks, let me correct you. That's absolutely not true. You got to look at things differently and, and change that notion about yourself. And I think that's the biggest gift graphology has given me and so many people that when you understand yourself in that objective black and white definition, you stop having those imaginary ideas or fantasies about who you are or who you might be. Most people have negative ideas about themselves than positive. We may think, oh, then you might, I might think that I'm this pompous person or self-absorbed. I wish that would have been true. But most people become self-critical and self-doubtful when they're given this imagination. So in your case, all the things that you spoke about are not true. Second thing is when you cut your horizontal line on the lowercase letter T, it's slightly higher than usual. And thereby your ideas of future are always long-term. So anything that you do, anything that you build, you're thinking long-term naturally, instinctively. So whether you are moving from one career to other or one stream to other, you're still working in the space that you love. And you have been building on your skill and you've always worked with people and trained them in different manner. 
you know even in your restaurant industry when you were not necessarily in hr hr you're still training and you're still uh, talking to them figuring out how they can improve their performance so there is something very natural that you have been enhancing i must uh, share a uh, experience with this what you just shared uh, so i i joined uh, you know a restaurant chain directly after my college you know through the campus uh, placement i joined them as a management trainee and after one and a half years i wanted to leave because of different things because i was the only girl in operation that they didn't have a night drop and things like that and my mom said either you get married or you leave this job because i can't have you coming back home at 11 in the night on your kinetic i was in bangalore those days so i said theek hai shaadi to nahi karni abhi naukri chhod dete hain kuch aur kar lenge so i left it and while i was resigning uh, they didn't want me to leave the organization they said why don't you move into hr and then you can do a 9 to 6 job and we see that you have a you know connect with the people <laughs> and the thing and see i was 20 21 that time and i was like you know and uh, we were so operational driven and this whole thing of the girls being in operation and not being let's say in front office or in hr or in training so i said no hr sorry i don't want to be in hr i want to be in the, the main uh, frame of the business and i didn't take it up and four years down the line i was back into training and that was my choice it wasn't that somebody offered me that Yeah. and that's when i said okay after the mba that this is what i want to do, do. <laughs> so sometimes as you said rightly that uh, a lot of times you don't realize yourself <laughs> and then begin. somebody had to uh, point show you the mirror <laughs> show you the mirror that's so nice that's so nice so over to you guys whatever question you have for me apt was a great uh, great find to be honest uh, this year a lot of small uh, hacks i don't know if we're in the right uh, track in terms of the conversation but it was a great learning in 2021 for me how nice uh, built up patience uh, built up practicing the pause uh, for additionally you know i've been following a meditation practice but this year i really went deeply into it uh, i i really that's really helped me personally as well as professionally as funny as it may sound Uh, makes i think me makes me more calm uh, clear headed when taking those risk taking decisions <laughs> <laughs> with the market <laughs> so so that has been great it's just been a fairly decent ride i mean considering 2021 has been quite a disaster to be honest uh, started off on a high then went down south very quickly uh, then again picked up and then seems ominous again with omicron Yeah. um but nonetheless um, it's it's been a great year of learning and uh, you know becoming a better person hopefully uh, not just professionally professional is just one part of it but just becoming a better kinder human being oh nice uh, so that has been a great learning for me in 2021 i must tell you that uh, i am, you know i'm i'm writing a book for 6 months now and ideally it should be like the highlight of this year but every time i look back and december does that to you like you become all introspective yeah. reflective yes. i yes. feel apt which is the mental gym has been the best gift and mostly because when you see people grow and when you see how committed they are and how tough their small little you know that nagging thought is and they still choose to go beyond it it's phenomenal and and we have seen you grow and we have seen so many people 
in just like two months, three months, they I have a, I have this exactly. feeling you know people start looking different. Like their faces, their expressions just become relaxed, and and just something about them, and which is fascinating. And I noticed that when after two months of doing the apt conversation, I could see how literally relaxed and slow in your movement you were. Otherwise, I saw that there was like this. um you know yes. rush in your mind that happened yes. you spoke something yes. about a traffic experience please tell us about that yes yes uh, exactly it was a few months back you know i i hate traffic and considering i live in bahrain where there's you know traffic in in with respect to india is nothing but yeah. even if i get stuck for 15 minutes i get really ticked off uh but lately you know the traffic's come back since september uh you you know you you are stuck in traffic it does take you know 30 minutes to reach a place which would normally have taken 10 but i am a lot more calmer now i mean end of the day it's just there right it is what it is you can't do much about it but just literally 6 months earlier i'm sure i would be cheesed off my wife in the car would be pissed off my children would be edgy and you know there'd be just total utter chaos in the car for that 15 or 20 minutes of a drive uh, but no longer <laughs> you know everything is a lot more calmer now in the car as well <laughs> so i remember I when calm you is did it for the first time you said oh now my kids are are uh, cranky and they're looking at me and i have no response to give them and they're all surprised they're like what happened to dad why is he not joining yeah, our, our team exactly <laughs> exactly i mean calm is a superpower you know that's one thing i learned this year <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i can't agree with you more like it's truly and the calm sutra we have spoken so much about calmness is like a productive yes. hack more than just like this divinity that that the word has but it's actually a productivity hack if you learn to be calm in the middle of a chaos things become way yes. more effective okay what apt has also done aditi is uh, i think i've shared this with you before but i'll still share it So normally, what happens is any kind of um, performance enhancement program or any kind of training, it's usually like you do it and then you're off. You know, then the then the people that you're coaching and the participants are on their own. The beauty with APT is it not just talks about what, it also gives you the tools of how to do it. Yeah, and there's also a lot of hand holding, the the check-in calls, the sharing. the journaling as a coach you're committed to creating the results so you create an environment in which each person finds their own rhythm and i've always done that one on one but now that you're doing it in a group you got to create an environment in which everybody finds the rhythm which i feel as a as a tougher job because you don't know you know people are different everybody is unique so we have created so many ways in which you can immerse in that experience mainly because we want every single person to have something to stick around with like now i don't have to tell kunal to be calm like he knows he has lived it and now it's like it will be more difficult to not be calm and if he does that for one week or 10 days he'll realize that this is heavier and we don't want inefficient systems so i truly believe that we all love growing we all want to make our lives easier only because we don't know how we just believe that the tough life the stressful life is the only way to go about so if i may add yeah just a small bit even with this with the app i honestly i was a bit skeptical you know with this whole thing when it first began uh, but yes we grew and you could also sense the camaraderie between participants over a oh period God. of one or two oh months my. 
uh, where you know everyone was a bit reserved at, at first uh, naturally but as time progressed everyone got a lot more comfortable it's just if someone new joined uh, he'd be wondering yaar ye log to maybe dost hai for the last 5 10 years you know <laughs> that that was the kind of camaraderie yeah but also it happens because when we have buddy assignments or even during the conversation during the session itself we ask people to open into those breakout rooms and discuss things when you discuss something really emotional really personal with a stranger there's a power to it you know you start relating to the person differently you understand the story in a different light altogether and i think people are genuinely kind there are a few people who are genuinely say vindictive and all of that but most people really want to be good they're genuinely kind they want to grow they want to help and that is a larger part of our nature but we are never celebrated for that as easily as you know for competition and proving your point and only getting that number one rank everywhere you go almost like hoping that other people would fail so that you would be number one so we kind of cultivate us on that path but i have come to realize and more and more that i see people are genuinely helpful and once you create a platform or environment like that they just grow and they sometimes this like most of the times i think all of you have been surprising us we just look at it like oh how can this be so easy or how can you grow that fast so it's literally like witnessing the the garden bloom Bloom. I think you've created a really safe space for people to be, uh, you know, very really vulnerable and share their stories. And you know, you just, it, uh, I don't know how you've done that, but it's just really worked out, just really beautifully. I think uh, the pandemic has taught us a lot. Like when we did that first social initiative, we thought even thirty people come, forty people come because podcast was also new that time. We said whatever happens, sure. happens. We'll just show up and just say. and say everything that comes to our mind and i must tell you that i had designed a video module on anxiety uh, and i have had my own journey which i shared in recent episodes with anxiety and i did a lot of research for 18 months on that topic and we finally created uh, this module video module that i wanted to commercially launch in 2020 and everything was ready right like the notes were ready the process was ready everything was ready the <laughs> blueprint and then the pandemic happened and i genuinely thought what if i die what if i don't have a chance to teach all of this because it's so important it's so valuable so we said okay let's go live and do this you know free module and let's see what happens even if 40 people watch it 30 people watch it we'll we would have done our job and what if i die so you know you all the information is gone anyways but mm. within 3 months of that process we had around 3000 people who connected and we just couldn't wow. believe that it was like i think that was a need of the hour more than anything else and we also had every day four free session as a social initiative of all the days of lockdown and i landed up speaking with a 375 or 385 people in those 3 4 months and i must tell you that was not only tough to see how people were breaking down but i felt that is my my responsibility as a professional to do something about it so apt that safe space comes from all the learnings that 2021 2020 gave me actually i actually learned how much you required to to change the narrative the way people speak with themselves you know because we are, we are not given tools it is not that you don't want to grow 
we are not given tools we believe okay if i think like this, this is who i am and i'm going to be like that but that's not true there are so many little hacks that you can just apply and suddenly you won't have the same problem that you had for your entire life and i think that's that's so fun part with the you know even just again going back to app uh, with the breakout rooms there's one thing you always tell all the participants before they go in is your job is only to listen and not to judge i mean that's so beautiful you know it can be applied to anything. your life you know you anything you just listen don't judge don't have any notions on what the person is saying what is he where is he and it's it's brilliant it just makes you a more accepting person now so people when you know you say that for a breakout room or to create that safe space but then as you said people start applying it everywhere possible mm-hmm. and without their knowledge in their relationships they are listening more without their knowledge to a stranger they're listening more and they're like oh i never noticed this about you and now they know uh, what kind of uh, behavior their their child is opting for and what is the reason behind it only because you listen and what a gift i think what i have um, realized or struggled in past is uh, for example uh, there are a lot of things which i'm very clear about this is what i want to do this is what gives me a high okay and there are certain things which let's say i'm not enjoying for me it's very difficult to uh, cut off that relationship how do i become where i take a stand and say okay this is not what i want to continue this is not what i want to do because it's not something that is giving me um the satisfaction you know that i look for in a job or relationship professional relationship <laughs> Okay. So different strokes for different folks, right? We say that. Yeah. <laughs> Now, when we look at your handwriting, when you write your lowercase letter M, they are soft and the hums are bigger, and both the hums are are really well rounded and well formed. Now that means you require lot of information, lot of data points before you come to any conclusion. right that information can be through resources that you read about conversations that you have experiences that you go through all of them become your data points now if you want to make any decision and i is professional decision having more significance and it's, it's you know it matters so the value would be even higher but any decision for that matter you cannot make that decision without having enough information to support you bang on absolutely right if i may say <laughs> and thereby you're not necessarily waiting for uh, people to prove you wrong or you know things to go wrong none of that you're genuinely waiting to gather information if you want to make this process faster find more data points okay as simple as that so you don't have to wait for 6 months 3 months none of that all you need is active ways of finding data so the very moment you start having that discomfort go talk to other colleagues find ways in which you can have probably some report research done on the organization uh, know more about the the boss or the person you're reporting into through other sources because you require it your decision making is based on that which might not be the case for example with kunal because in his letter m he has two points 
So there's one sharp point. There is U formation in the middle. There's one more sharp point at the end. So there are the formation is different. His decision making style would be where he quickly gathers the information. It's like literally the observations are so sharp that it, mostly he also isn't aware of why is he saying what he is saying. And if someone comes to him and asks him a question, he's a better person to give that advice. And in that moment, when he's in a way triggered, you know, in a way uh, put into a spot, all the analysis at his fingertips happens, and what he ends up saying is really helpful. But if he decides to do the same sitting alone uh, to get all that wisdom out, that's not as easy for him. That's true. <laughs> Can I share an example uh, for the same what you said in the real life how it happens? Yes. Please. So if I have to uh, order something on Amazon, I would read the reviews, and okay. I would not just look at the rating. I would go down and read the reviews also. So let's say if my daughter tells me something that mom, I want to order this. Can you look for it? So I'll end up putting it in my cart. But probably because I haven't read enough, I would probably delay it for a day. And then the other day she says, you know, if you tell mama to order, she'll take one day or two day to order. You tell papa to order, he will order the same day. And you know, <laughs> like, okay, it's done. You know, so getting something, then she has found her way that she'll go to the dad instead of telling mom, and he'll order. The result of that would be that. The wrong size would end up coming, or it will not fit us. So then again, we have to return. And I'm like, okay, Mama took time to order, but at least it was <laughs> the size or the right fit. That's how we do at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah but what you said made absolutely sense. So, uh, Kunal, you want to give an example of how you make decisions? Yeah, I unlike what she says. If someone says that this is good. Uh, I'd go on Amazon and quickly look at it and buy it off, you know, without thinking twice. And many a times it just lands up at home, and my wife will be like, "Why the hell did you even order that? You know, what was the?" You already had three three pairs of uh, that. <laughs> yeah, or something of that sort. So it's very very quick quick decision making. Uh, but I think eight times out of ten, I'm I'm uh, it's useful. <laughs> I wouldn't miss myself of completely. Absolutely, and. And quick decision making in your case, Kunal, is not wrong decision making. It only is the speed or the the impatience or the an analytical abilities are quicker. And thereby, are you not looking at data points? Actually, you are, but you are doing them on a regular basis. So you are constantly observing and absorbing wherever you go. So by the time the decision making point comes, you already have your data points which you have gathered throughout. so you don't start the journey when you are confronted with a question that is a different and if you do not know you would say you do not know and you will take your own sweet time but i'm exactly yes yeah. yes <laughs> if i have to talk about rachna's decision making style the second hump in the letter m is taller and the the letter formation is again like arshi's is rounded and well formed not as as big or i would say wide Humps like Arshi's, they are smaller in size, but they definitely the second hump is consistently taller than the first. What does that mean? That Rajna would gather information. She would wait for the right time, and that right time must be the perfect time where all the ducks are in a row. Everything is like absolutely comfortable. She should know that if she acts in that particular manner, the results should come her way, and thereby. when she is 
<laughs> when she is very confident about the results she jumps in and creates wonders and you know because she knows the recipe of how to get to that flow moment that best performance but when she is even slightly and i mean like even slightly unsure she stops the entire process is <laughs> that zero risk taking zero risk taking or i would not even say zero risk taking is about being a perfectionist to that degree so it's yeah. when you are comfortable with your process and when you are you know that the result can be guaranteed then you are phenomenal in what you do but the moment you are not comfortable or confident about it the thought of how can i get it wrong takes over to a point that you just do not perform or just do not do anything hmm. so overthinking no overthinking is a different behavioral trait i would say this is a perfectionism we would not move away from that okay <laughs> and also let's look at it right in our society perfectionism is celebrated people yeah. want you to be perfect they're like oh my god you are so cool you're perfect in what you do the hindsight of that is we start living with these unrealistic expectations of ourselves and we keep beating ourselves constantly for not reaching those marks every time now that is the tough part many high performers have taught me this that they master the skill of learning so they are constantly learning so you can throw them in any deep end of the pool they will swim back not because they necessarily know swimming they they trust the fact that wherever i fall i will learn how to solve the problem but we don't talk about that we like okay you master that one skill so arshi to answer the question that you had asked you have actually mastered the skill of connecting with people and training them you know to get that work done now no matter which industry you work in you'll always count on that skill if you know that's your skill it doesn't matter where you work you know you might as well choose areas which you enjoy and people that you enjoy working with but because you have cracked the code in that one specific space because you learned the learning aspect of it it's just going to be simpler for you to pick your choices yeah so for all the goody doodies that we've spoken about uh, end of the day we are humans and we have our flaws so for all my calm strength i still sometimes lose it <laughs> uh, it is inter you know it into space it's not as often as it was earlier but it's still there you know i get very angry sometimes with the children or very angry with myself uh, very angry with the situation uh could be many things so what can one really what is the what can one really do to kind of reduce that getting angry because uh, a moment later you repent everything you've done it's just uh, literally uh, 30 seconds of madness and later on you're like um, why did i shout why did i do this why i should have just been a little quieter so how can one i mean try and at least reduce that even further you know in life <laughs> okay before before i say anything i take it as a compliment kunal but i didn't say all good things i spoke about things which are not good too if you haven't realized it i think it's just the the <laughs> feedback mechanism <laughs> i practice the skill of saying the negative things way too much in a polite manner so you didn't notice it but i didn't speak about it now to talk about anger i feel anger is a powerful positive emotion and i might be 
criticized for the statement I just made. But just imagine things that make you angry are only those things that matter to you. If it doesn't matter, you won't care. But because it matters and you really, really want to get it right or, you know, because you're protective about your child. And I saw this, you know, when I'm working with uh, my clients as a coach, you're very calm and you're saying, okay, do this and do not do that. And this could be the possibility, whatever. You're just like, you know, on that neutral ground. But if my sister is walking even closer to a ditch that I know she will fall into, I am angry with her. I'm like, why would you do this? And when I caught myself a few years ago and I'm like, why am I angry? Why can't I be like coach-like here? Because I'm too invested. I cannot have her fall into that ditch. I cannot have her be hurt. And when your emotions are involved at that point is where you feel angry. If you feel angry with people at work for not performing to the point, because that performance matters to you. If you feel angry with your kids for not putting in enough efforts because their progress, their growth matters to you. Now, here is the point. <laughs> if you look at anger as a, only as a problem, then you'll miss the other good part because the reason behind anger is mostly, and I, I know some people who love to be angry because they feel that they are dominating enough or they're dominant in the situation uh, or people just love to be angry because it gives them more attention than otherwise. So I'm not referring to that kind. I'm talking about every day genuinely feeling concerned or genuinely feeling invested, that kind of anger, which is bigger problem. Correct. than it is. Correct. Now, in that case, instead of trying to stop the anger, I would say whenever you're angry, after that, evaluate what were you trying to achieve? Hmm. And do you think there could have been other three different ways to achieve that by making some changes in the environment? Hmm. For example, uh, if someone is making your food spicy and you tell them once, you tell them second time, you tell them the third time and they're like, but I'm telling you, why are you not getting the point? Now that's yeah. the anger. Right? It's a built up anger. First time you yes. didn't say anything, second time you ignored yes. and you know chose to be considerate, third time you lost it. Yes. yes. Now let's reverse the situation. Let's change it and let's look at it. Okay. What can you change about it? Do you want to go and change the recipe that they're using? Do you want to change the, the mirchi that they are using? Do you want to evaluate that? Probably they are putting it in their style, but without realizing it is spicier. Spicy, yeah. Or do you want to then choose different meal options? We do have choices. The problem under anger is expectation from that particular person to deliver something in that particular way. Way. Okay. Right. That, yeah. But yeah, you're very right. Yeah. I mean that the, the the I think the learning here is to then think over it and find those different alternatives, uh, different ways. Uh, that's where you know we we kind of uh, miss out. <laughs> At least I do. I wouldn't even generalize. I miss out. And if you stay committed to that solution instead of making person the issue, they see that. They mm -hmm. always see that. All of us do. Like if you see a person not giving up on what they want, if they kind of keep, you know, chasing that idea in multiple ways, you suddenly have that respect for that person. Though you don't agree with what they're doing, you don't care about what they're doing, but you, you think like, let me just look into what is happening. 
So if you are not pay, right. making them an issue, and which is tougher, but the the issue is about the situation being a certain way, I think then one you are not as angry as you used to be, and also the other person joins your team. That's right. Yes, he sees he sees your concern and that you're invested as you rightly put. And I love this line, and it is mostly applicable in intimate relationship, but also I feel. in overall relationships it can be found and when we do the mental gym i i have seen that how we become a team and and actually do that as a group also is when you say the problem is not between you and i the problem is in front of us and we are trying to solve the problem yes yes right that that simple yes. movement you know like from keeping it in between two of us we just move it to a side and we look at the problem as a team people are just phenomenal i think people give their heart their soul they just want to because we all want to belong at the end of the day the very moment we feel reprimanded we turn against the situation correct true very true very true okay i'm talking in general okay if we have these Uh, as rachana was also talking about overthinking or perfectionism or what are these whatever these thoughts are what do we do about it like we can't stop them we can't just like get rid of them they are real in the moment they make you feel the way they do so we have to find an outlet thoughts because the word emotion comes you know is based on thoughts in motion to simplify and also their chemical reaction so the very moment you indulge in a thought that is not helping you it still creates a physical reaction it still has an impact that otherwise you would not uh, you know even be aware of so if you are thinking about a memory where you are stressed your body believes it and you are you might feel that you are holding your shoulders you are like there's a tension you're clenching your jaw because for your body it is real right now these emotions when you are reliving them in whichever way if you find an outlet so the best outlet would be to have a friend or family member that you can go to and talk everything that is happening and they receive that information without judging you and and was absolutely fine but unfortunately we don't have that as an option so second best option is if you can talk to a stranger that could be a therapist that could be a coach that could be say for example you are in some sort of like the group coaching or what we talk about like you know the gym where you're talking to a stranger or even like a group circle like that where you have spaces and they won't judge you they don't know you they do not like you know interfere in your life but still if that is also not available then journaling where you do not keep it in your heart you put it out on paper and you pretty much flush these thoughts out because these mm. chaotic thoughts are happening because they do not know how to settle down mm. okay. and if you look at them as but why they are happening they shouldn't happen so the small example is a lake in a village you know where people are constantly commuting from one end to the other where there is movement and commotion will always be unsteady and you would not be able to see the bottom of that lake mm-hmm. unlike a lake in say mountains where you know it is really quiet nobody comes there and absolutely the bottom is available you can see it crystal clear but if you start commuting in that lake it will also be as disturbed mm-hmm. so not that your nature all of us have the nature to be quiet calm and really happy we have that in us but we cannot act 
access that because of the commotion that is happening throughout. So we are triggered in so many ways. There are so many ways that you know we are pulled. People expect us to behave. So all of that doesn't allow us. So we got to create a mechanism where we give that space on a regular basis, if possible weekly, if possible daily, whatever works for you. So when we talk about that Kam Sutra Astro practice, it is that induced space where your body and mind both. With the physical movement, start looking at the calm aspects of your mind and connect with what is already available. So, because you don't have to create it, it's much easier. If you have to create calmness, it's tough. But if you have to access it, what is already available with you is much easier. And that's why it is so effective. Okay. So, find a way to give a voice to your chaotic. doubtful thinking and when you do it on a regular basis after some time you re- read the same script and you're like oh why would i think like this and i believe that must have already happened you kind of catch yourself while thinking like that but never ever 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 stop your emotions while you're feeling that way do them either before or after very difficult and you know our life is very chaotic unfortunately these days for most of us and therefore uh, as you you know just put it uh, it's deep down this is there calm uh, you know uh, happiness kindness it's just in the rat race it's just lost somewhere so journaling definitely i mean and the calm sutra astro and I, i believe there are more other ways i'm not saying there are only two ways sure we talk about sure. but find whatever is your way but find a way like we cannot just go on like this you know being stimulated and triggered because the way our social media is they want us to spend our entire life on instagram and and facebook and they just like like really give you the benefit they encourage you to be on their platform as much as you can and look at the oh, yeah. stimulation that you're going through they yeah, yeah. they thrive in that right like that's their business but you can choose for yourself and choose how much to participate whether to participate really does it really matter to you more than anything else correct correct no no i think for me this year uh, and going into next year uh, erasing i i i'll use that word erasing <laughs> negative people negative situations negative, even wo- negative whatsapp groups <laughs> i'm not going to be i do not want to be part of such uh, environment because they don't add any value you know once you think about it sensibly kural i would say one thing that i have learned after working with so many people there are no negative people is it i don't know there are no negative people people there are people who we do not agree with of course there are people so i i you know you might have seen that and if you closely watch we have never done a single episode on how to deal with toxic people because i don't Correct. believe people are toxic i feel that people are disoriented of course they are they, they might not be very inspiring of course but the very moment we start making people toxic and we say mm-hmm. they can have an impact over me by just being so toxic and critical and all of that we lose the power that we have in the situation then we are busy avoiding them then we are busy blocking them then we are busy not hanging yes. around them right yes yes like 
in that context as a coach or in last two years we have hung out with more anxious people than ever before and i'm not only talking about me the entire team has right Correct. so these people have brought their anxieties to the table they they freaked out when things went off and that wasn't the case before but we have also learned how to claim our calmness more we have learned how to use the tools that we talk about more we have learned how to still be in control no matter where the other person is taking the conversation or the situation now all of that is what you can do when you meet people yeah, i i honestly i haven't come to that point yet but uh, uh, understood uh, so but far i'm using are, if you are getting affected then it is yours to deal with yes i agree it is mine to deal with uh, and therefore you know i'm sure you've seen on uh, you know the trucks uh, bombay pune highway a lot of times in marathi they have on the back written you know manata break uttam break so something, <laughs> something just to translate it for our listeners uh, he's saying that the the break on your mind is the best break you can ever have <laughs> a lot of trucks in maharashtra will have that written behind uh, oh, on thank their uh, or you said that dumpers. i thought you were going for buri nazar wale tera mood kala this is what is usually written buri nazar wale tera mood kala yeah yeah so this one uh, this I, i think that's very very apt <laughs> that's <laughs> thank you yes. so much everyone i think this was wonderful and you know like thank you vulnerable and talking about things is always like the superpower after being calm of course as kunal mentioned but mm-hmm. you really have to look at things and problems and challenges in perspective so that we can truly start looking at the alternatives i think in 2022 if all of us agree to look at at least three alternate ways to deal with any problem that we are dealing with we'll just do ourselves the greatest service possible because mostly we have that one option that is not working and we might have tried it multiple times but it's still that one option and alternate thinking requires stepping back for a moment and if we can just build that as your practice that stepping back looking at the situation and coming up with say three options minimum and apply whatever you think is correct but training your mind in that manner will be phenomenally calming and helpful and solution oriented i think that is the key thank you thank you aditi thank you and so more much. power to you lovely <laughs> thank you really yeah and more power to you thank you thank you so much thank you so much for being part of this wonderful conversation one more episode of the absolutely right podcast every single wednesday episode is a treat because you and i both get to understand and learn about people how they function and so many things are similar you know we at large do not have uniquely different problems but when we think only of our problems we tend to believe that you know nobody gets me nobody understands how i think or how i feel but when you look at it in a perspective things change if i have to talk about one simple take away from today's conversation and if i want to reiterate one thing i would say think about three alternate options while doing anything like literally any problem any situation any challenge that you are into think about what all can you do 
minimum three options. If you want to be part of our listener special that we keep doing every 10 or 20 episodes, please write to me. My email ID is write, W-R-I-T-E, at aditisurana.com. And if you thought that mental gym conversation that we had with today's guest was powerful and you would like to explore it, the link to know more about it is aptforme.com, A-P-T, aptforme.com. Thank you so much for being part of this wonderful journey that you and I have taken together in the last 18, 19 months. It has been one meaningful transformational experience for me. Thank you again. And I will see you with one more episode of the Absolutely Right podcast on Friday. Till then, happy writing.